This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. What strategies can AEC firms implement to attract and retain more women in the industry and create a more inclusive and diverse workplace? I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, I'll be talking with Kimberly Burke, Vice President of Business Development at Skanska and a leader in the AEC industry about her experience as a woman in this field and all the things that she's gone through and how she pursued and has done some amazing things in her career. She does also get into her job in business development and how she's really learned how to do business development in our industry. And again, just sharing ideas around attracting and retaining women in leadership positions in the AEC industry. And really, whether you're starting your career or you're looking to grow to the higher levels in your careers, what she talks about in terms of business development and staffing and talent recruitment are critical, I believe, for any firm. Before we go on here, a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Simpson Strong Tie. Simpson Strong Tie is a building industry pioneer dedicated to helping people design and build safer, stronger homes, structures, and communities. Simpson Strong Tie is making a positive difference for their customers through expert engineering, world-class test laboratories, and unrivaled technical support. We invite you to consider working alongside the many talented, passionate, and humble people who are all contributing to our shared mission in an environment that supports a healthy work-life balance. It's a place where you can connect, create, and build a career. Visit strongtie.com forward slash careers to learn about our culture and why Simpson Strong Tie employees are our most loyal customers. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Right now, I'd like to welcome our guest on to the show today. And today I have with me Kimberly Burke. Kimberly is a Vice President of Business Development at Skanska. Kimberly, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Kimberly, to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey in the construction industry and kind of how you got started in business development and sales? I was actually a recent college grad. I was living in California. I think that was everyone's dream to be out on the West Coast. And I was in publishing, but I had to relocate back to Texas and started working in advertising. This would probably have been in the late 90s. I felt like that industry was very volatile. Every time they would lose client, it seemed like there was a lot of layoffs and if they didn't have extra work that was coming in. So I said, okay, I need to do a complete career change. And I was always interested in interior design. And so I looked at some of the opportunities and with my degree in communications and marketing, I was able to get a job with a really small interior design company in the Dallas area. And I was doing proposals It was a really fun job. And one of the principals had come to me and said, you shouldn't be stuck behind a laptop. I think you'd be much better suited if you were out 
meeting with clients and meeting with industry and help us sell work. So I was a little trepidatious about it at first. It turned into something that suited me, I think, because being an Air Force brat, I moved around a lot. So I was constantly meeting new friends, meeting new people. We moved around every six months or three years. So it seemed fairly natural to me, just my curiosity about people and being able to connect with people so easily. And then from that small design firm, I was recruited to an architectural company in the Dallas area. There I had a mentor who was a professional BD and everything I learned, I can contribute to him. He really showed me the win-win strategy. It's not about taking, it's about giving and making sure that you provide benefit, not only to your network, but when you're out to sell your services, making sure that you're doing something above and beyond to provide those benefits to the clients. From there, I left because I was recruited to a very large international architectural company, and I stayed with them for about 12 years. That was an experience that taught me on a larger scale, million-dollar projects, and it really set the stage for where I am today at Skanska. After 12 years, Skanska reached out to me because they were looking for business development in the newly established Dallas office. So they've been doing work in this Metroplex for over 10, 15 years, but they decided to plant a flag and open an office. And so they brought me on board. I've been here now 10 years. It's an amazing team. I love the company. Uh, They are very inclusive. That was probably one of my concerns was why they wanted a female to do business development for a construction company. Because you have a perception that it's a man's world and there's a lot of hunting or there's a lot of activities that I didn't like play golf on a regular basis, let's say. But Skanska's approach is very inclusive. And they gave me an opportunity to lead business development here in Dallas. It's grown organically. It's been a really fun ride. We've branded the company here in the area. Most of the competition that we go up against, they know who we are. Our owners know who we are. They know the value. And many of them want to work with us again. So we're doing, providing operational excellence on the projects that we've had, knowing that's going to help us get our next project. I think that last thing you said is really important. A lot of our listeners are, you know, civil engineering professionals, project managers in the AEC space. And while a lot of them do business development as part of their jobs, and hopefully they're helpful to people in your positions, Sometimes they don't realize that I think that they're doing business development by doing great project work, right? And delivering great projects, right? To bring back those repeat customers, which is so important. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think a couple of the things that I really liked about what you said there was one, you don't have to have your whole career mapped out when you graduate. You certainly didn't. And you tried something, you liked it, you built up some success with it, and then, you know, found your way to different firms who were recruited to different organizations in the industry landing at Scansu, which is, of course, is one of the premier organizations out there in our industry, which is great. It sounds too like trying to figure out what you like and then finding a mentor that can really help you with that, which sounds like was a really good path for you, getting that mentor that you had that you mentioned who was really instrumental in kind of helping you and teaching you about business development, I think is just a great career recipe, right? Find out what you like, find out someone who's good at it and let them kind of mentor you along. Yeah. And I've been fortunate that in all three companies that I mentioned, that I've been able to find an advocate 
or a sponsor who took me under their wing to ensure that the best career path was developed for me so that I didn't get lost in the shadows, that I was being recognized at a level based on the contributions that I provided for the company, which is really important. A lot of times females, especially during the annual review as sessions, men will typically say, you're doing such a great job, just keep doing what you're doing. But that feedback, although it's positive, really isn't constructive and it's not allowing me to feel like I could grow, like it wasn't giving me a sense of how I could do better. So I really did a lot of self-reflection on that end and pushed myself. So I felt like a lot of growth came from internally and where I wanted to push myself to get to the next level. But those sponsors were the ones that helped set the path so I knew where it was that I wanted to go. And they really helped open some of those doors for me within those organizations. Even here in Skatska, I've had really good mentors. That's a really important point, too, about the feedback, right? It's like sometimes someone just telling you, yeah, you're doing good, you're doing good, you're doing good, but that doesn't really help you to grow because you grow by kind of figuring out a little bit maybe where you need to improve on and what areas, you know, you can grow. And so a good message for all those managers out there is, you know, you need to provide some constructive feedback to people because they're not going to be able to improve on things that they're lacking in unless you're having a conversation with them about it. That's an important message for managers out there. So I want to come back to that in a little bit, kind of talking about your journey as a woman in construction. But before we do that, let's talk about your job in business development as vice president of business development. Talk about kind of some of the skills and strategies that you use to successfully penetrate new markets, secure new business. Take us inside of the job, the craft of the job a little bit. Yeah. So at this level, there's a lot more focus on the business. When I was younger, it was about the win and the pursuit and I work for a public company. Skanska is traded on the Swedish stock exchange. So there's a lot of forecasting and we have to be very strategic in the way that we look at our business. Construction's also different from architectural engineering is because you're selling people, people sitting behind a laptop designing, and they can do that remotely. You've got to sell people that are actually available to be on a job site. And so with that, we have to make sure that the projects that we're selling, when those dates start, that we actually have people that can go to the site and start construction. So there's a lot of balance in how we pursue our projects because of staffing and resources and when those become available. We're also looking at relationships that we're building with our owners. And so it's not an approach where we're looking online to see what's the next RFP that's coming out. We're looking at funding for specific owners and then developing true and authentic relationships with them and leaning back to what I said about operational excellence, getting the owner to trust the team and know that we will deliver and that we'll do everything to protect their interest in their projects. That gives us the opportunity to have more work and we've been fortunate since I've been with Skanska that we've developed a couple of relationships like that where our first project, which was about $130, $140 million, we've subsequently gotten four additional projects. And incidentally, they just reached out to us this morning and they want us to look at another one that's coming up. So it's that relationship that's key. And it's more than just the business development person 
that's creating those relationships. You're going to want to make sure that it's with your team because the more people they know from your organization, the more they're going to trust and feel like you're a true partner with them. So there's the customer relationships, there's the forecasting. We have to do a lot in administration to track what we're doing for the stakeholders also. We also manage the business side and our people side so that there's training other folks that are coming up. We do a lot of succession planning in our organization to make sure that our employees know that they're being valued. We want to make sure that they create development plans, just like we would want a development plan so we know what our career path looks like. We're doing the same thing for our younger staff. And then we visit regularly, and it's highly encouraged by our leadership at the top levels that we do mid-year reviews and annual reviews. And we're always checking back to make sure people's goals are being met and that anything that they wanted to do to develop themselves, that training is happening on their end also, so that we're constantly focused on looking at promotions and that their career paths are being met. That's great. Sounds like you have a very kind of people first approach there. It is very people first, yes. So let me go a little bit deeper on business development because I think in order to be successful in business development, of course, you need to really stay current with industry trends so you know what changes in customer needs. So talk about how you try to stay up to date and kind of incorporate that knowledge into your sales and business development strategies. What does that look like for you? Yeah, a lot of that is several prongs in the way that you source your business development strategy, I guess, right? So a lot of it is based on your network. And that network is a group of industry individuals that are already either doing work with the owner or looking at doing work with the owner or folks of any professional within the AEC industry that attend events and other professional organizations that you connect with. And once you've built trust with that network, you seek a lot of information and share with one another so that you get the know. And sometimes they're giving you referrals or introductions. Sometimes they're the partners that you're going to bring on your team because of the relationship with the owner that you may have, then that helps strengthen your team. I think also being proactive. One of the things that I carried with me, you know, just throughout my career, it's a quote by Woody Allen, 80% of success is just showing up. And so a lot of times in those moments when you are having a, a really long day and you just don't want to be there, if you force yourself to go, and there's been so many times that this has happened to me personally where I've shown up at an event and I was really tired and didn't want to go, but I did. And I end up meeting someone that just gave me that perfect piece of information or introduced me to that next milestone in, in a pursuit that I needed in order to take it to the next level. So being proactive, showing up, I think that's very important to connect all the dots and make sure that the whole picture comes together when you're going after these pursuits. I think developing your skills, whether on a professional basis or even on a personal basis, continue learning. And I know your parents have probably told you that uh, as you were growing up, just continue to keep learning. And it's true, even in your career. I take opportunities to learn all different sides of our business here at Skanska. So it's not just BD, but I interact with marketing. I interact with communications. Because I interact so closely with operations, I want to understand how they're staffing. 
how they're creating their estimates. I want to understand how they work with the subcontractors. There's all levels. I mean, I've even gone out at three in the morning on one of our job sites to do a concrete pour with the superintendents because I wanted to see when they're working in all night to um, get the concrete set in the middle of the night, like what is that experience like for them? What does that look like? These trucks are going in and out. Like just showing that interest helps makes you just a better person in what you do. And it also, in my case, helped me feel like I could sell the company better because I knew the in- I'm beginning to learn and better understand the ins and outs of what our teams are actually doing on the site too. Being a well-rounded professional in your industry is really important, especially in business development, but even on the technical side of things. I know as a civil engineer for me, I tried to learn about all the different aspects of civil engineering. Even if I wasn't doing like geotechnical or structural, I could still talk to a client about the different disciplines that we offer from business development standpoint. So I definitely love that philosophy. And the same thing happens when we get hired to do like a project management development program. They say, hey, we like that you're an engineer and you went through this part of your career as well, right? So having that familiarity is helpful. And I love that quote, you know, 80% of success is showing up. Reminds me of another quote that I've heard, the best ability is availability. I tell younger engineers this all the time about networking events and getting involved in the community. I can guarantee you that if you don't go, nothing will happen. Right. I mean, I can't guarantee you that if you go, you're going to make a great connection, but I can guarantee you that if you don't go, you know, nothing is going to happen. And so I always try to kind of remind myself of that. Like you said, you're tired. You don't want to go to the event. You had a long day. But showing up, you're often going to meet people. Things are going to happen. You're going to build your network and build opportunities. So I think that that's an awesome mindset to take. So let's go back. You touched on this a little bit earlier. As a woman in the construction industry, talk about some of the challenges that you've faced. And I know you mentioned a few and how you've overcome them. Because I know that we have a lot of women out there that are listeners. And I'd love for them to hear a little bit about your journey and some of the things that you've overcome. Personally, I never really let that get in my way. I always took the stance when I entered a room that I brought value because of what I know and who I know. My approach is different. If I say I'm going to do something, I always follow through. And I think that's where a lot of people fall short because they don't do exactly what they're going to say they do. They go halfway. And so it's always been important for me to go all the way. I'm also very results-oriented. And so if I start something, I want to make sure that I take it to completion and take it to the end. Otherwise, in my mind, it's just a waste of time. And a lot of people will throw out big ideas and they like to pontificate. I want to get down to execution. I want to see results. And I think that's been favorable for me in my career because of that. I'm always looking for not just a win and getting the sale or getting the project. I'm also looking at completing tasks with my team. The one thing that you said that really is important and I think stands out a lot is mindset. When you have any kind of situation in your career or life where there may be some kind of challenge or some kind of obstacle, like you said, you don't let that get in the way. Your mindset was, that's not going to slow me down. That's not going to stop me. I'm going to continue to persist and pursue, which I think is great because I think that that can stop someone. Someone could get fearful, doubtful, and slow themselves down which is understandable. You could be up against a lot in your career. I know that my wife is a woman in this industry and I've seen kind of firsthand, you know, some of the challenges that she's dealt with. But I also liked what you said a lot about bringing ideas down to the ground because I see that a lot in the industry as well where people want to ha- come up with a lot of big ideas. 
But when it comes to how they're actually going to come to fruition or actually realize them, they can't really make the connection between those two things, right? It's like, okay, you could spit out all these great ideas, but if you're not able to take them down to the ground and make them a real thing, then what does that do for anybody? That's a big deal. Women have a unique perspective too, right? Because we can multitask and we're very detail-oriented. And that's important when you're trying to accomplish tasks and you can pull people together. You can see all the multiple facets of how to get something done. And I saw a one-man play a very long time ago, and I remember the way that he had described it was men are the hunters, so they're used to just looking at one thing through the view of the shotgun. They got to focus on that one thing. Women were the hunter-gatherers, so they had to be able to see the berries and the trees and be able to work quickly to pick and, and pull things in order to get more quantity. And I think that really stuck with me because I see that in business all the time, how we're multifaceted and we're able to focus on many things and still achieve a lot. And that's the quality that lends well to strong women leaders. I was also fortunate when I went through Texo, which is our local AGC, ABC chapter. I think it's the only chapter in the U.S. where AGC and ABC are together. And so they've been renamed un under Texo. But I was approved and I went through an executive women development program and the Center for Creative Leadership was the facilitator. And that really changed my life. It really gave me a sense of confidence, which I thought I had, but it's almost common sense. Like I knew I could do it and I could just see these are the skills that you can use in your career. Very similar to what any executive leadership trainership program would look like. And so I think I took a lot from that program and I was able to apply it. That's like having hard conversations, providing unsolicited feedback, how to work in teams. A lot of it was very people-centric, honestly, is just developing yourself as a better person, a better manager of people. I think it's applicable to your relationships with clients too. So any of those type of programs that industry offers those skills are universal and I think would benefit anyone's career. How do you think the AEC industry can do more to attract and retain women in leadership positions, particularly in sales and business development roles? We're in a different era today than we were when, you know, I was going through as a young business developer. There's so much more narrative about diversity and inclusion and the recognition of the qualities that women do bring to the table. It just creates better balance. Any of the companies that are serious about those efforts and you know fostering that diversity inclusion in the workplace, it's gonna create more opportunities for women in leadership positions. Creating mentorship programs is key. We do that very regularly with our subcontractors and our partners that we work with in teaming agreements or on JVs. There's many companies now that are taking on either you know, employee resource groups for all women or other type of mentorship programs where they can shadow the next level in their career. But anything where they're taking a purposeful approach to growing individuals in their role, I think only benefits attracting more women to their company because they want to advance their careers and they want to know that they bring value. And so the company offering those is a win-win. 
Other things that I know companies in Skanska specifically doing is flexible work arrangements. You know, with the pandemic, everyone having to work from home, a lot of people still try to keep that balance so they can work remote a couple of days and then go into the office a few days too, just for the camaraderie and being able to have in-person meetings that's not all virtual. So uh, we're able to provide flexible work arrangements for most of our employees and not just women, but even men, like if they need to go coach their kids' baseball game, they can leave early, but then they might work later another day. So we're seeing HR address those issues, I think, across the board. And many companies are being forced to have to do that because it's as they're talking to recruits, that's part of the conversation when they're looking to interview and take on a new position. And then Skanska's fortunate too because we have a lot of internal training. There's internal coaches that work with specific individuals that are growing their career, that the coaches are helping them in certain areas. We all have blind sides and doing those 360 reviews is, is good because then you get to see what those blind sides are, where you might be able to improve or how you can approach conversations differently with others. So any kind of professional development, whether it's internal with your company or you're looking for opportunities outside through industry or like I recently just last September decided I'm going to law school. So in addition to working full time, I'm doing a part time virtual program at Pepperdine University working on my law degree. So it's a big balance, especially since I have two teenage girls but it's keeping me really engaged and I love studying law. I just have this propensity to want to understand how law is made and why things are the way they are. And I'm able to use it in my career here at Skanska because we're going through a lot of contracts. Everything is based on contracts. So I wanted to understand what it all meant and how it all came together, but I'm learning so much more. It's really been a fun adventure for me. Pushing yourself to grow trying something different, getting out there, trying a new program, you know, constantly kind of putting yourself in a position to grow your knowledge, right? Grow your skill sets, become more well-rounded. I think that's definitely been a theme here. And just to go back to what you talked about before, for women in the industry and just in general, you know, in terms of like your employees and how you treat them. I know Skanska is a big firm, obviously a big organization, but even for the smallest of firms, there are things you can do. I know we work with a lot of small firms at EMI and building professional development programs, like Kimberly mentioned, whether it's a leadership program or a project management development program. Really, for not a lot of cost, you can build programs like that at any size of your organization, which can attract people, help to develop them and boost them up in their careers and then retain them. And so I do think that's important. And I do agree with you, Kimberly, that because there has been quite a big light shined on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the industry, I think in a way that's also been helpful, of course, for women and others, helpful. We're, we were way behind in that area, obviously, so we, we still have a lot of work to do, but I think that the fact that people are paying more attention to it is a benefit. And so one last thing I want to ask you here to wrap up this segment is a lot of our listeners are technical professionals, civil engineers, at some point in their careers, they usually have to do business development too. A lot of firms, especially smaller firms, they don't have big BD teams. And so in terms of kind of relationship building from a business development standpoint, what advice can you give to our listeners that are tasked with doing business development, 
are more technical by background and they're, they're learning about relationship building and interacting with people. What advice can you give them on how to build relationships with people from what you've seen in your experience? I've always just been very curious about people. It Just being curious. That may be easier said than to do it, but I honestly have true curiosity about people. So I ask a lot of questions, but listening is a big part of business development. And for the novice folks that are seller-doers that are out there in that seller-doer role, being able to listen is paramount. Knowing what they need, what their concerns are, understanding what drives their business. Those are the type of questions if you can lean in to understand them better, then that just makes what you're going to do easier. So you're not making assumptions or you're putting something out there and didn't understand what the client really wanted and now you're having to go back and redo it again. Asking those questions in the beginning, you know, my father always said, don't ever be afraid to ask a stupid question. I mean, there's a reason for that because if you're thinking it, someone else is probably thinking it too. And even if they're not, you need the answer in order to do your job. So go ahead and ask it. Being curious and listening are my top two. I think in any position, communication is key. I know a lot of times in construction, things may go awry and then Instead of communicating directly to get everyone on the same page, you wait until you try to fix the problem. And then sometimes the problem gets worse before you had a chance to fix it. So I think earlier communication and more regular communication, that's really what it's all about. And taking it from there, most of your projects, I mean, makes everything a success because everyone will typically be on the same page. Awesome. So we've got a lot of great advice here from Kimberly around business development what we're going to do now is take a quick break. We'll come back in a minute and we'll wrap up with a couple of last rapid fire questions on our civil engineering hot seat. Civil engineering podcast. Civil engineering podcast. All right. We're back with Kimberly Burke. Kimberly is a vice president of business development at Skanska. And we're going to wrap up today by just peppering Kimberly with a couple of career related questions. And Kimberly, our first question is, do you have any specific rituals or routines that you practice daily, whether it's a morning routine or a lunchtime routine? Just something that you've done consistently that has contributed to your success. When I was younger, I was able to shoot from the hip a little bit more than I can now because of everything I'm juggling. So there was a book that I read over the last few years called The 5 a.m. Club. I'm not religious to it. It's definitely an aspiration, but I get up as early as I can to try to get organized, read through emails. I look at the calendar and make sure that I'm organized ahead of time so that I'm not showing up late to meetings and that I'm present. And I want to be engaged when I'm sitting in front of someone and not thinking about something else or somewhere else I need to be. Being present is part of those listening skills that we talked about earlier that is really important about building trust with your network and with your owners. And you probably answered my second question as well, because I was going to ask you if there's been like a book that's been kind of game-changing for you in your career and you gave us one. I don't know if you had another one or if you'd stick with that one, but. In law school, there was one, Getting to Yes. That was a class that I just finished on negotiation, which I had so much fun. Once I get my core classes finished, focusing more on that dispute resolution and more of negotiation, there's actually a skill. There's many tactics that I learned that we probably all do every single day and you can use it with your spouse, your children, 
at work with owners, I really did enjoy and I had a lot of fun. So I would recommend Getting to Yes as a book that you might want to read. Yeah, Getting to Yes is excellent. It's a classic, I think, negotiation book. And there's another one, too, that I read not too long ago that I'll throw out there that I liked a lot, which was called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, which was a really good book as well. And he's a retired FBI hostage negotiator. And each chapter is like one of his hostage negotiations. And then he talks about the tactics that he used in that hostage negotiation. It's really, really interesting. I, I actually had the audio book and they were like talking through these situations. So it was pretty intense. So my brother was in the FBI and I went through the FBI Citizenship Academy several years ago. It's a 10-week course and you go through every single department of the FBI. And that's a great way to get involved too because they need their... Um, citizens to be aware to help them out on the ground. Thinking about your managers in the past, and I'm not asking you to name names, but if you think of some of your favorite managers, what were the skills that they exhibited? We're trying to understand that, you know, what makes for a great manager in your opinion? Giving me the autonomy to set the approach to a pursuit was probably the biggest differentiator in my career versus having to do it the way they always thought they wanted to do it. I take a different approach in most of my pursuits because I just don't go to a decision maker. I go everywhere and around that decision maker. And no one ever questioned that I would be wasting time. A lot of it was more intel and it helped us take all the information we were gathering and taking what was real to surface like it percolated because you're hearing it from different sources throughout the organization or through your network or through the industry. So giving me that autonomy to work the way that I wanted to work really was provided the best value for me in my career. Last question for you. Let's say you got into an elevator with a younger professional in the AEC industry. Maybe they're interested in getting into business development. You only have 30 seconds with him or her. What advice would you give that person in 30 seconds? You've got to show up. And when you do show up, be present, be curious, ask questions and listen. I think it's important to show motivation that you'll do what you need to do for the organization. You're a team player. Those are the people that take are getting noticed. Those are the people that are considered for promotions. The ones that their managers and the executives see are engaged and willing to learn. Kimberly Burke, Vice President, Business Development, Skanska. Kimberly, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Civil Engineering Podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope it helped, and thank you very much for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kimberly. Really interesting to hear her journey to business development and also everything she talked about in terms of attracting and retaining more women in this industry is really important, actually critical, and I'm glad that she's really taking an interest in it. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. There you will find the summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. And if you're interested in having a custom leadership development or project management development training program, please give us a call at EMI at 800-920-4007. We can help you build one that may change the game for your company, or check out our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. 
Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Thank you.